When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. Sowing the seeds of cannabis and sounding the praise of our favorite plants, it's time to Hemp Resent. Our radio resident Hempo Sapien, Vivian McPeak, will present a weekly platform for guests and listeners to Hemp Resent about hemp and cannabis from the legal, activist, and reformist route. Let's round up and roll it up for our headmaster of hemp, Vivian McPeak. My friends, I am Vivian McPeak, and this is the Hemp Present Resistance. I am the executive director of the world's largest annual cannabis policy reform event, the Seattle Hemp Fest, speaking flower to power for 29 years and found at hempfest.org. I also am the author of the book, Protestable, a 20-year retrospective of Seattle Hemp Fest, also found at hempfest.org. This show is a weekly read for Radio Rebellion, where I speak with some of the principal risk takers, movers, and shakers, and history makers of the cannabis industry, culture, and reform movement. If you have feedback or would like to suggest a guest or topic for Hempresent, email me at hempresent at gmail.com. Today's guest on Hempresent is Neil Laquia. The state legal cannabis industry now employs an estimated 240,000 Americans. While the cannabis culture is generally perceived as a largely liberal or progressive industry, like other industries in America, the cannabis industry remains somewhat dominated by straight white males and in some ways mirrors the corporate climate that America's institutions operate under. The LGBTQ community, while gaining national acceptance, requires advocacy and support in the form of safeguards, inclusion, both in mainstream society, but also in the nascent yet growing cannabis industry. And the list of issues that concern members of the LGBTQ community is long. My guest today, Neil Aquia, is the founder of the Full Spectrum Organization, the first and only LGBTQ organization within the cannabis industry. The Full Spectrum's work focuses on building connections, volunteering, and educating businesses about diversity and inclusion. Neil is an advocate of cannabis research and has participated in multiple cannabis research studies. He is also an active member of the Cannabis Alliance, a Washington State Business Association. Neil has joined me today to talk about issues of advocacy for those who are lesbian, gay, bisexual, or transgender within the cannabis industry. Welcome, Neil, to Cannabis Radio. Thank you so much. It's so good to be here. It's my pleasure. You are the founder of the first LGBTQ organization within the cannabis industry. Can you talk about why you thought it was important for the cannabis industry to have an organization focused on LGBTQ issues and advocacy? 
Yeah, absolutely. I got in the industry and there was just a huge lack of representation. Um, there just weren't people really like me or any organizations that supported people like me either. So um, I felt like I needed to take it upon myself and to develop a group, especially when I found out the rich history about how cannabis was legalized in response to the AIDS crisis in the first place. In your words, how beneficial do you think it is for businesses to be inclusive in hiring, marketing, and managerial positions? What are the benefits that come to a business that makes the effort to be inclusive and diverse when it comes to sexual orientation and gender identity? Oh, it's super beneficial to be diverse. And I would say it's um, most beneficial with innovation, retention, and profitability. So bring in new and fresh ideas to the table and creating a comfortable space for everyone to be able to thrive is really going to make your business a lot more profitable in the long run. So, so it's not only the right thing to do, but it's good business? Absolutely. It's good business. It's going to make you more profitable. It's going to make everyone more comfortable to be there. And it's going to keep your people for longer, too. So what do you think some of the things are that a business would want to make sure are included in its non-discrimination policy that might be overlooked? Um, and, and what actions might be considered for when policies are violated in the workplace and somebody does violate a non-discrimination policy? Yeah, well, um, if anyone violates a policy, it really depends on the severity of the crime. Um, you really need six parts to be a really great, awesome policy for diversity and inclusion. First, clear language of what the, that discrimination will be tolerated. Two, specifics about what's being prohibited. Three, penalties for violating the policy. Um, four, guidelines for how to file the complaint. You need five, the prompt investigation of discrimination, and six, protection against retaliation, so people can be safe to, to speak their mind. Have you, in your work, Neil, heard about a lot of violations of policies in the cannabis industry? Is it? Do you think it's an issue with our industry more or less than other industries? I have heard that um, being a fresh industry as it is, um, we're all uh, mom and pop. We're all fresh businesses. So there's not a lot of structure that's been implemented yet. And so that kind of creates a space where um, uh, mischievous things could happen. And um, I definitely have heard of a number of things of bud tenders who have been harassed from their employers and transgender people who have been harassed by customers. So, yeah, I've definitely heard a bunch of things. So it's it's not an established, you know, institutionalized industry like most industries in America by now, right? Um, so there's yeah, probably absolutely. a lot of, a lot of uh, businesses that haven't even really been prepared for this interest, for this issue. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's a kind of something that's been in a blind spot for a lot of people. If you have a farm that has like six employees, HR isn't going to be one of them. <laughs> right, right, exactly. Fascinating. You made a presentation recently to the Cannabis Alliance Industry Group where you touched on dress code policies that some businesses adopt that end up negatively reinforcing gender stereotypes. 
could, could you talk briefly on that and what might be some dress code or dress code requirements that businesses might want to avoid and why? Yeah, uh, at the root of it, it's basically holding people to different standards based on their gender or their perceived gender. And not everyone looks and feels the same gender that they were assigned to at first. Um, so some of these things would be like requiring women to wear heels, skirts, makeup, men to not have short hair or earrings or anything like that. Um, I think that some dress codes are fine. Like it's beautiful if you want to have a certain kind of look or feel for your staff, but maybe consider having button up shirts or polos or having them wear all black or something. Um, what are some of the things that you might want to avoid doing if you're a cisgender person or a person whose sense of personal identity and gender corresponds with their birth sex, who works with an LGBTQ person? What are the most common faux pas that cisgender people might make when interacting with an LGBTQ coworker or employee? And they might not be on purpose, but they're, they're still going to be uh, something's going to be offensive or, or hard to deal with. Um, for a, a LGBTQ person? Yeah, I think that um, something that a lot of people might do that is kind of cringy is just asking about body parts or sexual practices or medical information, you know, just like I've never really asked my friends what's in their pants and I don't ask my coworkers that either. So maybe don't, don't, you know, just don't even ask those questions. Let them come to you if they want to volunteer that stuff, right? I mean, just don't don't yeah. throw on those those issues with your let let your curiosity continue, right? <laughs> Absolutely. If someone feels comfortable in sharing that piece of that their identity with you, then I would just allow it to happen when it happens. I wouldn't probe for that kind of information. So you know, people might not intend something to be uh, and, 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 and to make somebody uncomfortable, um, but that doesn't mean that that's not the situation, right? I mean, basically, this is a very intimate and 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 private part of a person's life, right? Um, I'm just trying to to kind of tease out why why it might be wrong to ask those things um, because. Uh, people that have been dealing with this society um, may have experienced a lot of negativity and a lot of judgmental stuff, right? I mean, this is a hard thing to deal with. I'm just just trying to tease out for, for cisgender people listening why this is such an important issue, why you should respect people's boundaries. Yeah, it's, it's really up to that person what they want to share with the world. Um, one thing that's been really hard for transgender people is um the feeling like they need to pass like they need to be passable like they pass as the gender that they are trying to fulfill as and um if you're asking somebody about like all of their body parts and how things how many surgeries are had? Did you get the surgery? Which one? There are so many surgeries that could be done. But it's, it's also like you're not having sex with these people. So really, why is it any of your business what their genitalia looks like? If you're in a workspace, it's just not relevant.
and not appropriate. appropriate, I think the safe thing to say is that if you wouldn't ask another cisgender person that same type of question, then you shouldn't ask anybody that question, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. Fascinating stuff. We've got about one uh, minute left. Um, You clearly have been pioneering in a sense when it comes to placing focus on the LGBTQ people within the cannabis industry. What kind of reception have you had within the greater industry? The reception has been amazing. It's been like people have been waiting for this to exist. I've had the honor to speak around at a lot of different things like Lemon Haze and Hemp Fest and the Cannabis Freedom March and the Cannabis Alliance. I'm going to be doing a webinar series with them coming up uh, pretty soon. Awesome. I am talking to Neil LaQuia from the Full Spectrum. We're going to take a break here. We're from our sponsors and advertisers to come right back. Don't go anywhere. Time to roll out for the people that let us have present. Hang loose. We're coming right back. Elevate your every day with that Shuggies feeling with the sweet taste of Shuggies. Add a cup of Shuggies to your morning coffee. Ah, how sweet it is. Shuggies infuses cannabis and cane sugar to make it the perfect sweetener with benefits. Make your happy hour happier with a dunk of Shuggies in your drink. Order your Shuggies now at S-H-O-O-G-I-E-S dot com or find it in dispensaries throughout California. Whenever you crave a little sweet, pick up Shuggies, the sweet, sweet, take-anywhere treat. Fetch your earbuds and stay tuned for some pure pet care conversation. Hi, it's Angela Ardolino with It's a Dog's Life, and I have Hernanda Umana joining me. We're just both so fascinated with how much we've learned since we've been in this pet industry and creating an all-natural product. Because it's a dog's life. I am a huge fan of my guest today, Dr. Bob Goldstein. I have, in my experience, not seen many natural substances produce the results that CBD is producing in the animals that we are testing on. It's a Dog's Life with Angela Ardolino, only on Cannabis Radio. Hey, take a look at this. They're selling smart pots. (laughs) They have pot that can make you smart? Where is it? Not that kind of pot. Smart Pots are the best aeration container to grow your plants. Check this out. This is the original fabric container for faster producing, healthier plants. They're made with a superior fabric that delivers high yields. Plus, Smart Pots are reusable and sustainable, so you can use them over and over again, no matter if you use them indoor or outdoor. That's very smart, but how good are they for the environment? Smart Pots are BPA-free and lead-free, so you'll always be able to ensure a pure, clean grow, and they're 100% made in the U.S. Over 28 million Smart Pots have already been sold, so it seems like a smart investment. Look for smart pots in close to 2,000 garden centers throughout North America and ask for the original fabric container. Find a store near you or order yours online at smartpots.com. We're back to Hemp Present, only on Cannabis Radio. Now, back to our headstrong emperor of hemp, Vivian McPeak. And we're back with Neil Aquia. Neil, can you talk about the use of gender identity pronouns such as they and their, them? Uh, I think there's a lot of people like myself that want to address people correctly, but just might not feel confident about how to use those pronouns. Yeah, pronouns are 
super sensitive topic. Just think about anytime you misgender somebody's dog. So um, some people feel that their gender may be somewhere between male and female. They might feel that they have no gender at all. Um, some people might feel like their gender is flexible, which I've felt myself in, um, as well. Um, but it, it's really up to that individual person how they want to be addressed. I'd say if you mess up or if you don't know somebody's pronoun, just ask them and apologize and try to do better in the future. You know, maybe just to explain to them that you that you want to be able to refer to them correctly, right? Mm-hmm. As, as a matter Absolutely. of respect, and even though it's going to be an uncomfortable and awkward thing to ask somebody, I assume mm-hmm. they would rather have you ask them the uncomfortable question than have <laughs> be even more uncomfortable by referring to them in the wrong term yeah it's better to just ask people if are going to be open to explaining and expressing how they feel to you it's better than just assuming if a cannabis business wanted to focus on or increase inclusivity in their business what steps do you think they might take in order to achieve that goal what would they want to do uh, or change in their practices for to, to reach more inclusivity? Um, well, they can set and enforce those discrimination policies that we talked about earlier. It's not enough to just create the policy, but you have to enforce it as well. But also providing gender-neutral restrooms, offering inclusive benefits, putting together educational workshops, um, just using your platform to spread support and your social media fundraising and volunteering with community organizations, and really, lastly, examining uh, their hiring strategies. Is there anything that has really surprised you uh, since you've taken on this work? Is there anything that that you really didn't expect that has changed your thinking since you started uh, working on these issues within the cannabis industry? I used to think that having HR was the most important thing that the business needed to be like the most successful diversity, inclusion, friendly, welcome environment possible. But I've also found that if the owner's complicit in making um, that space uncomfortable, then it can get a little trickier. So I would say document everything, take screenshots and keep notes. Um, are, are there any uh, any LGBTQ owned cannabis businesses that you're aware with aware of in Western Washington? Uh, we have Cannabis Basics, um, who which is owned um, by a lesbian, as well as um, Always Greener, the pot shop in Redmond. Okay, so and, and and so that's not a very big percentage out of quite a lot of of businesses. So there's there's some serious room for growth there, right? Yeah, absolutely. There's not a whole lot of brands or businesses or people who are working within the industry at all. But there's not a lot of license holders um, who are LGBTQ in the industry at this point in time. And that's probably very disproportionate. Uh, from other business models, really, I mean, when you when you think about it, um, we hear a lot about racial and gender equity within the industry um, regarding mm-hmm. hiring and placement and managerial positions and even ownership. Um, but I, we don't really hear a lot about LGBTQ equity. 
uh, in cannabis. Uh, do you think that that's changing at all, or, or is that part of your mission? Uh, that is my mission full force. We are trying to create a more inclusive, inviting space for everyone to be able to thrive. I think that it's okay for some people to be able to do well right now, but I don't think that it is the most welcoming place for everyone at this point in time. We still have room for growth. Mm -hmm. Dominic Holden, Dale Rogers, Dr. Francis Poderberic, um, and George Bacon from Seattle Gay News, who recently passed away. Um, they were all prominent members of the gay community here in Seattle, who were also pioneering medical cannabis and reform leaders. Um, and, and I think that that's probably true in most communities uh, because of the HIV AIDS uh, connection to, to medical cannabis. Um, you know, a lot, of, a lot of those folks were the pioneers, of, as you mentioned earlier, pioneers of the medical mm -hmm. marijuana movement. Have you heard from any of the folks from those early days of cannabis reform efforts here in the Pacific Northwest community? Um, have any of those folks touched base with you on your work? Well, George Bacon, who you just mentioned, I've know, I knew for about 12 years before he passed. Um, but also, after getting to get a little bit more involved in this, this research and this history and, and really coming to understand um, the AIDS epidemic, I recently was put in touch with somebody who used to drive AIDS patients from the hospital to the cannabis club. Yeah, I thought it was extraordinary. Do you think there's any similarities between um, the gay rights movement um, and, and, and the cannabis reform movement? Uh, I mean, there's some, some, some vague overlaps and parallels um, but it seems to me like they, they are both dealing with, uh, deficiencies, structural deficiencies in our, our societal outlook, uh, and, and the way that, that people are treated differently. Do you think that there's any parallels there? Oh yeah. I feel like the, the, the trajectory has been, um, very similar with the two. I feel like there's a ton of parallels between the two causes. Um, we've had two groups of individuals who have been misunderstood, who have been rallied against, who, uh, um, have been just trying to survive and exist and live our lives in peace. But, um, there's been a lot of hostility and a lot of, um, anger from a lot of people who just don't really understand that both the queer community deserves to exist and as well as the cannabis community. Yeah, because in both cases, the only victims are the people from those communities that are being victimized and dehumanized, right, and targeted and profiled. Mm -hmm. um, and, and it really comes it down, it really comes down to, you know, what we're all fighting for, all of us, is a just, equitable uh, society for everybody and to be left alone and be able to live our lives, right? Yeah. I'm talking to Neil Laquia from the Full Spectrum. We're going to take another break and come back with our final segment. So don't go anywhere. Time to roll out for the people that let us have present. Hang loose. We're coming right back. Doc Rob, the concierge for better living. 
my guests say Razzy Berry. We're talking about nature, naturopathic medicine, as well as the concept of prevention and preventing disease. Empower people to live a naturopathic lifestyle, get to know your body, understand its rhythms, remove toxins, and use natural alternatives whenever possible. 90 to 95% of cancers are due to environment and lifestyle risk factors. I mean, that's a huge number. That means that cancer is preventable. The Concierge for Better Living with Doc Rob. Only on CannabisRadio.com. Oh, let the marijuana llama tell you something now. About a game for your phone, gonna make you say, wow! The game's about the game of growing cannabis for cash. Grow the seeds, sell the bud, put the savings in the stash. Little by little, your empire grows large. Put different celebrities inside your entourage. You can choose to play with Snoop or me or Chichin Chong. Cypress Hill, Willie Nelson, Wiz Khalifa with a bong. The name of the game is him, pink, that's the point. Download and play while you light yourself a joint. The business of cannabis should be no crime. Hemp Inc. is even hot-proofed by the man who run high times. Oh, yeah. Get it on Android and I and iOS today. Marijuana Llama out. Got to tend to me on crops, you know. Money don't make itself. Hemp Inc. Welcome to Cannabis Confidential. I'm your host, Dr. Dina. We've got David Faustino on the line. Bud Bundy from Married with Children. Did you feel nervous being a celebrity walking into a weed store? I don't remember at all being like, ooh, I'm scared someone's going to take my picture here. What are they going to say? Bud Bundy smokes Bud? I mean, come on. (laughs) (laughs) It wouldn't be a big shocker. Hey, this is David Faustino, and I'm on Cannabis Confidential with my girl, Dr. Dina, on CannabisRadio.com. We're back to Hemp Presents, only on Cannabis Radio. Now, back to our headstrong emperor of hemp, Vivian McPeak. And we are back with Neil Aquia from the Full Spectrum. Uh, Neil, uh, how can people find out more about the Full Spectrum? Are you, are you a volunteer organization? Are there opportunities for people to get involved? Maybe get something like that going in their town? And is there anything else that you'd like to add while we uh, still have a few minutes? Yeah, our organization basically is made up of members that are involved in the cannabis industry or support the cannabis industry becoming more diverse and inclusive. Um, We are all over the country. There are members that are in other states. Um, You can follow us on Facebook at The Full Spectrum Org or on Instagram at the.full.spectrum. Um, in this work that you've been doing, um, do you find that businesses want to uh, be inclusive and, and want to be respectful? It's just something that, that they have a desire to do, but they're just either not on their radar um, or, or they don't know really how to approach it? Yeah, a lot of people are just really excited to get a hold of this information and see how they can do better. I know some people have come to me saying that they've had some issues in their own businesses and they're trying to figure out how to solve them. So I've definitely had that interaction, that response. Would you be interested in people in other communities uh, contacting you to get something like this going in their community? Absolutely. How would they, how would they go about that? Um, the full spectrum cannabis at gmail.com. 
Excellent. And and is it a nonprofit organization or what's the what's the structure? We are on our way to becoming a full-fledged 501c3 at the moment. Excellent, excellent. Um, and uh, do, you, do you take contributions? Uh, how do you fund the organization? Uh, we are not taking any funds at the moment until we have our 501c3. Got it. So, so very soon, I would love... You're out of pocket. Very soon, I would love to take... Mm -hmm. Well, I'm I'm assuming that there's just like a lot of people that are really going to support your work. Um, this is really a, a critical uh, thing that needs to be addressed within the, the the cannabis industry. You know, there's there's a saying that I've heard for a long time, maybe not so much lately as as much as I used to, uh, that the, the 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 cannabis movement was mostly old white guys with uh, beards and little ponytails. <laughs> And uh, and some women have talked about you know the, the 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 grass ceiling, which is the cannabis industry's version of the glass ceiling, um, because mm -hmm. uh, you know there are like institutionalized societal issues that we have that we struggle with that seem to be rampant and extend to every industry, and the cannabis industry has not been really all that different. Um, like I said in my my intro, that. Um, there's a perception that, you know, that the cannabis industry is a progressive, you know, liberal thing. But in reality, I found out that there are actually people from all walks of life and all political beliefs within the cannabis industry. Um, and there, there's even some homophobia and misogyny and racism in the cannabis industry. Um, fortunately, it's not mm -hmm. real bad, but but it's there and, and that needs to be dealt with. Do you agree? Absolutely. I have experienced some of that myself in the industry as well. I've heard AIDS jokes and 9-11 jokes and all sorts of things that I just don't feel is acceptable. And I don't feel like language like that is really inviting or wants makes people like myself want to stay in the industry or feel included in the industry. Well, Neil, it's great to have you on the show, man. I appreciate it. And thank you for all the great work you're doing. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. My pleasure. Now I'm going to get to a weekly feature of 100%, and that's the quote of the week. The LGBTQ community out in California were the first main activists pushing for medical marijuana laws, and that is HIV and cannabis activist Khadija Tribble. That includes that concludes this installment of Hempercent on CannabisRadio.com. I want to thank Braskem, my man, their control room, and all the Cannabis Radio sponsors and advertisers. Join me next week for some more reefer repartee and cannabis, cannabis confabulation with some special hippo sapien on a journey to justice as we silence the violence, increase the peace, and promote unity in the cannabis community with impunity. Because when it comes to prohibition, you have the right not to remain silent. Activism requires a voice, so find your voice and speak up for justice because resistance is fertile. Until then, my friends, stay strong, stand tall, and took it easy. The Hampers End theme song... Take Back the Plants, performed by Stickerbush and sung by a much younger version of myself. Turn up the music, maestro. I'm out. Marijuana! The opinions expressed on this CannabisRadio.com program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of CannabisRadio.com. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without proper consent of CannabisRadio.com is prohibited.
When you visit Arizona, time is measured in moments, not minutes. Like the moment your work stress disappears as you kayak through the canyons. Or the moment you discover the life-changing effects of prickly pear chocolate. But nothing beats the moment you see the Grand Canyon for the very first time. Visit a new state of mind. Learn more at hereyouareaz.com. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org.